Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. All right, good to be here. Thanks, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 41 through 51. But before we break open the bread of life to see how the Lord wants to speak to us, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see what He wants to lighten up for us? Absolutely. And let, let's go uh, Let's go old school. We have a beautiful prayer book at Stewardship called Stewardship of Prayer, my daily Catholic prayers. And this is the prayer book that we use in our gospel reflection groups that are held all over the diocese and beyond. And if anybody would like the prayer book, please just, uh, just let us know. We can send you a copy or multiple copies. And uh, the way we start our groups in, uh, in the diocese is with two beautiful prayers. One is Jesus' prayer for unity, and then the Come Holy Spirit prayer. So let's... Uh, Let's let's start let's start that way today. In the name of the Father, Holy Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please, Lord, allow each of us gathered here in this room to be an instrument in the answer to your prayer of unity, so that each of us, united as one, may be a light that leads to you. And this is Jesus' prayer for unity. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us that the world may believe that you sent me, and I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. Now come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and, and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created. And you shall renew, renew the face of the earth. earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure, be happy to. Uh, again, this is from John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 41 to 51. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? How can he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them and said, Stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except the one who is from God. He has seen the father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. 
and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is always one of my most challenging scripture verses because I'll never forget sitting up in my office, reading the Bible in John chapter 6, and coming across the Bread of Life discourse and saying to God, you know what, God, you got to prove this one to me. How can a wafer, this, this, this bread that's served at a church mass in the Eucharist, truly be Jesus Christ? body, blood, soul, and divinity. And as I was reflecting on that and asking that question in my heart, this sentence, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Lifted off the page in bold print, And I went, oh, my goodness. Here's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, and he says to you, know, if you want eternal life, believe. Well, what what do you want to believe in? That Jesus is God? Well, even even the demons believe that. No, no, no. Believe every word that he said in addition to him being God. So what does he say? The bread that I will give, future tense, because he hasn't been sacrificed on the cross, is my flesh for the life of the world. I'm like, bingo, there it is. It's right in scriptures. It's right in the Bible. It's plain and simple. And it's like the fog in my mind was cleared up. And for the first time in my life, I finally realized, oh my goodness, it's true. I was 46 years a Catholic, hadn't a clue. Went through all the steps, but really hadn't a clue. My heart didn't have that conversion moment to the reality. But you know, it's interesting because up here, It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him. In other words, I was taught all the stuff, but I truly didn't believe. I truly didn't understand. But then through the grace of God the Father, he drew me to the true belief in the Eucharist is the flesh of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. That aha moment changed my life. It's like, how can I not have that desire of the heart, that ache of the heart, that yearning of the heart to receive my Lord Jesus Christ every day. You know, the, the Jews in the, in, in the previous week said, you know, give us this, this, this bread every day. We want it. And the Lord says, I'm going to give it to you. It's coming. When he sacrificed, I am the bread of life. I am the lamb of God, the lamb who is due to be consumed. So when all those pieces added up, I was... In my aha moment went, oh my goodness, now, Lord, I understand the reading in Corinthians where, you know, we have to be prepared to receive the Lord. We have to be this this temple. We have to go into confession, confess our sins, be made clean, So because it's the Lord Jesus Christ who's entering the home of our hearts. And so for me, wow, life-changing. I hope and pray to each and every one of our listeners that the Lord opens up, the Father opens up your hearts to that truth, and that desire of your heart will make you run to Him. Go, experience Him daily in the Eucharist. Experience God the Father's mercy in through Him with Jesus Christ in the sacrament of reconciliation. Get clean and watch God transform you into the world changers He created you to be from the beginning. You know, and I th- and I think too, David, that... You know your experience of you know this this aha moment. Um, 
you know, it's also been my experience. And I have read about people and heard other people who have, have gone through similar types of things. But, you know, the interesting thing is you, you can't, those things never happen to people who are not searching. That, like they're not looking for, you're in, you're in the scriptures, you're questioning, you're, you know, you're letting things affect you, you're letting things challenge you, and you continue to search, you continue to look. But people, a lot of people don't understand, like, it just didn't come to me, you know. Well, if you're sitting in front of the TV at home on Sunday morning, or, you know, you're out at a bar, or you're at a picnic, or you're out golfing, it's not probably going to come to you. You got to be in there looking for it. You got to be at mass. You got to be in the scriptures. You got to be doing those things that put you in the presence of God, and then God can open himself up. But I think that's one of the things. I remember I used to, when I was teaching uh, high school, it was it's that age, you know, sophomore, junior, senior, when kids are starting to challenge, you know, I don't get anything out of mass. It doesn't do anything for me. I said, well, how are you going to find out what mass will do for you if you don't go? You know, like, do you think it's going to come to you sitting on Sunday morning watching TV Then all of a sudden it's going to hit you? Oh, nuts. I should be in mass, you know, because uh, because Jesus is really present there and he died for me. And I should it's not you're watching, you know, tennis match or you're watching cartoons. You need to be at mass and then it'll come to you. You know, then the Holy Spirit will be there. But if you're not around those things, it doesn't happen. Uh, Tom, with your experience teaching uh, part of the ministry yeah. here at Stewardship is going into school. So we go, we visit kindergarten through through 12th grade and then and we journey with them throughout the school year. And then we have other ministries that just go in for assemblies and out. Uh, but in your experience being in there day in and day out, um, do, do you think if we just changed the question? So when we're, when we're having a, a conversation about mass, instead of mass being the focus of the question, have the person that we're talking mm-hmm. to be the focus. Like, so, yeah. so tell me how you were at Mass, or tell me how you, because instead of saying, well, how was Mass, then it's always Mass is. Right. So if it's like trying to redirect it to them, and then they say, well, I was bored, I was distracted, right. then you can, because Mass doesn't need to change. Right. Mass doesn't need to change. It's heaven yeah. and earth. It's heaven coming to earth. It's like the most amazing thing. But yeah. if we change the focus to, well, how were you? Like, how did you feel? Or like, how, you know, we're, we're, like, tell me about your... Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I'm wording no, it right, but then no, and then I, I, you can talk about yeah. okay, what can we do? Or I felt like that too, and this is how right. I changed. Or you know, I, I read the scripture beforehand. You know, and then you can talk yeah. about the things that can change, which is our behavior, our preparation, our focus, our right. understanding that it's a prayer. It's not just a spectator sport. So, yeah, I, mean, that... I would. Yeah, I would say yes to all those things because, again, using you know David's experience as a pattern because I think it's very typical is. If you're preparing, if you're searching, if you're looking, if you're at mass, if you're there expecting something, if you're challenging yourself, even if you're sitting there saying, I'm not getting anything out of this, but the focus is, well, why am I not getting anything out of it? Because you were asking yourself questions, and I think that's the important thing, is you're challenging, but you're challenging yourself about the thing. You're not someplace else hoping it'll come to you out of the blue. Mm -hmm. You're there. You're in the scriptures. You're in mass. You're, and if the and the focus does need to shift to what am I bringing to it? What did I do? What am? How am I involved? Because that, that was your focus. You know, like I, you got to help me. I don't believe this thing isn't making sense to me. I've been a Catholic for forty six years, and it's it's not coming to me. You know. But there's the honesty, and then God says, okay, now I got an opening here. Now I can now I can bring the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to bear on this thing. But it doesn't happen anyplace else. It happens where you are. Right, and it's right here in Scripture, and I, and I love this. You know, it says they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father, remember Jesus only spoke with the Father, told him to speak, and this is a key point: learns from Him. 
comes to me. So (laughs) that for 46 years, I listened, at least partially, (laughs) listened at Mass, but I never learned. I never learned the truth of the Word of God. I never learned the truth of the Eucharist till at age 46 when I had this epiphany experience at Mass, and God finally had that break through to me, and I went, aha moment, and, and it changed my life. So, man, that's so key. I had a friend of mine. I wrote a little booklet on the Eucharist, and it was all biblical because it spoke the language of my evangelical brothers and sisters, and my friend picked and took one of the books because he wanted to read what I wrote. And he read it. And the next morning, he came into my office. He said, I, I put it back. He said, I told God, I'm not ready for that. I can't go there. I can't believe that. And he put it back. Yeah. Free will choice. Because you know what? It's even in the scriptures. The Jews said, this is a hard teaching. And and, and the disciples, <laughs> and, and when we get into John chapter 6, verses 54 and on, the disciples, they left him. The Jews left, the disciples left, and Jesus looks around, all he's got left are the 12 apostles. He said, how about you guys? Are you going to leave me too? And then Peter says, you know, you know, where are we to go? You have the what? The words of eternal life. And then Jesus says, oh, you got it. No, he didn't. He said, it's not you that revealed that. It's the Father who opened your eyes to that truth. And the words that he spoke, Jesus spoke, those words were, my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink, you must eat my flesh, drink my blood, unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the flood of man, you have no life in you. Boom! It all connected. And I'm like, wow. So what do we do when we go in the world and our separated brothers and sisters, you know, that are all in love with the Lord and personal relationships with Jesus Christ. How do we share that truth and beauty? You know what? We share our stories. We don't tell them they're wrong and we're right because we're not God the Father. We share our stories and our journey and our biblical belief, the proof text of the Word of God that supports everything we believe in our understanding of the Eucharist and truly then represent that when we receive it, represent that out into the world. You know, Jesus says the word became flesh. Well, guess what, guys? He's our model. We're supposed to consume the word we just read and then enflesh that in the world, enflesh that in the world, enflesh Christ in the world, his mercy, his compassion, his forgiveness, his love. So, man, this is awesome. And what an opportunity we have. You were talking about you know, listening and learning. He says, everyone who listens and learns, you picked up on learns. But as I was, you know, as the Lord was speaking to me through your, your sharing, he said, go back, listen. You need to listen too. Not just hear. You know, right. hear my, my, a former sales trainer would always say, hearing is the perception of sound. Listening is a perception of sound with meaning. Like, you know, I need to listen and learn. And then we're talking about the Eucharist. So we have this amazing opportunity coming up. In September, September 19th and 20th, where we have our our first, what we're hoping to be annual, first annual Stewardship and Mission of Faith Fall Conference. And we've been journeying together, all of our listeners that have been with us for a while, uh, we've been journeying together for a number of years. And you may know stewardship as the Reflections from the Heart ministry, or you may know Stewardship and Mission of Faith as, you know, that, that group, that, uh, that ministry that brings the, uh, the, the resource displays to our church. And that's how we started. 
we started with the belief that everything we have is a gift from God that we're to use to help others. And then God asked us to take that belief and put it into action to feed the hungry hearts of his children without letting money stand in the way and to be an instrument of unity in the one body of Christ. So we did that locally through different ministries, whether it's gospel reflections, stewardship of leadership, the resource partnership ministry, going into schools and radio and reflections from the heart. And then the Lord said, open up, open up. And he sent us people. He sent us people that he put on a mission to join the family. And it started in 2013, where from 2013 to 17, one ministry year, the Lord brought to us and asked us to add them and include them into the family. So now stewardship is a family of ministries. And for the first time, we're going to have a conference where all of the members of the family of stewardship are going to be there. Jason and Kristalina Everett, Devin Shad, Marty Rotella, the team from Integrity Restored, and um, I'm missing Damon Owens. And then we have some friends of the family. Strategic partners. Strategic Christopher partners. Christopher West, Father Michael Gately. They'll all be there also. There's, there's six keynotes and 24 workshops in a two-day period of the inc- most incredible speakers Catholic speakers in, in the country. And it's, it's a combination. It's really cool how, how God's bringing this together. So it's, it's like, like they've said, one of the most amazing lineup of speakers. And then you talk about the venue. It's at the Star Barn Village. I'm sure some of you remember the, the Star Barn on 283 uh, falling in, into disrepair. Well, that's been beautifully restored and, and, and built, and it is majestic. It is absolutely stunning. This past weekend, I had an opportunity to hang out with our friends at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton to talk about the conference and the venue, and people were coming up just completely blown away at the lineup of speakers, and then people were coming up sharing stories almost in tears, like, I was a kid, I remember riding my bike down the hill towards the Star Barn, this looks amazing. So. The, the beauty of God's creation and the beauty of the restoration of these amazing structures and the beauty of God's love and truth are going to intersect. And they're going to intersect for us to experience his love through beauty, through goodness, and through truth. And to ultimately be a Eucharistic celebration where every day we're going to have mass, confession, adoration. So uh, please come and join us September 19th and 20th. Uh, check out our website. For, uh, for information, calls for any questions. Yeah, and I think, too, the, the one of the most Im- impressive things to me about the growth of the stewardship ministries is that they grow out of, uh, they grow out of local and, and regional kind of initiatives and that, you know, they've attracted some very, very good, you know, very talented and also very dedicated and very loving people who are very close to the Lord. And I think that's the, the most impressive thing to me about the ministries and just being involved with this this whole thing. It's a great, it's a great experience every day. The other thing too, I, I wanted to mention is that there are, there are a lot of people that I've talked to about the star barn who, um, who just think it went away. They don't know that, that, that it's been restored. So, I've, you know, there's been a lot of people that I've kind of pointed in our direction and said, yeah, there's a, there's, it's there and it's beautiful. And uh, so hopefully that if, if you're not, you know, even if you're, you're not all that interested in the speakers, you might be curious about the star barn, but I think you'll find the speakers to be very impressive because uh, these are people who are, are national class and caliber and, and some international class. But it's really a great lineup, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to being with those people and spending time with them. And that's the other thing, too. You can rub shoulders with these people and get a chance to talk to them and get to mm-hmm. ask them questions and get to know them a little bit better, you know, their backgrounds and things like that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it myself, even being part of the ministry. 
when you were done sharing, Rob, I just happened to look down at the scripture verse we just read just to see what would jump out of me. And what jumped out of me was stop murmuring among yourselves. Now, excuse me, guilty as charged. How many times do we go to someone else and say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And Jesus is saying, hey, yo, guys, Skippy, that's his pet name for me. <laughs> Come to me. Ask me the question. And I'll give you the answer. Just like I ask him, you know, about this bread of life and, and, and the Eucharist, ask God the question. Because we do. We murmur. We talk to our friends and we all say, well, this is my opinion. This is my opinion. This is my opinion. This is my opinion. Stop. Take it to the Lord. And I thank the Lord. Because in the Bible, sacred scripture, it says the bulwark and foundation of the truth is the church. Now, that's not you and I. We're members of the church, but we're not the church. I don't get to decide what we believe. Neither do you or anyone else. We go back to Holy Mother Church, founded on Peter by Jesus Christ in this gospel, John's gospel, you know, when he identifies Christ as, you know, you are the Son of God. And so for me, that church, Holy Mother Church, I always go back to her. And she has it all in her catechism. So what does the church believe? this scripture verse means and help me connect the dots and it's beautiful the new green catechism of the catholic church as you go through it man it's i think there's like 1100 scripture verses it just ties in everything together biblically so that we can share the truth and beauty of our catholic faith with all christendom using biblical language not the church told me to the church no the church shines the light on the scriptures connects the dot so that i don't have to figure it out for myself and you know what it also like the bereans gives me a place to go to say hey uh, let me check that out that may be your opinion as we're murmuring let me just go check that out can you show me that in scriptures and then let's look what holy mother church teaches and it's beautiful how god has brought me and it's safety it's safety i go to holy mother church what what have we believed for two thousand years i see now i understand now so again Learning that in my journey really also helped change my life. Yeah, I think, too, the other thing that, um, in addition to that, I mean, the catechism for me has always been not just a source of scriptural rooting of our our faith, but also you can see the progression over the years because there may be a reference to the scriptures about what, you know, about some teaching, but then there's a reference to St. Irenaeus. And then there's another one about St. Augustine who talked about this. And then Thomas Aquinas weighed in on this and St. Alphonsus Liguori. St. Jer Jerome, Saint Jerome. And ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Right. Absolutely. So, so you can see the progression. And then for, you know, for those of us that that believe that the church has taken the scripture and done, you know, what needs to be done with it to apply it to the times and that it is and is collectively infallible and guided by the Holy Spirit in that by Jesus's own words in the scriptures. It's very comforting. You know, it, uh, it, it reminds me of just being in your father's arms and, and you know, and ha or having your mother, you know, comfort you when, when things are difficult. It's a great book to go to to see. And you not only see the teaching, but you see the history of the teaching. You see the progression and the strength of the tradition that we're part of. Yeah, and it's beautiful because it says here, they shall be taught by God. So for me, like when the question of abortion, when is it, can you do it, you know, can you have contraception and at some point, you know, is abortion, abortion at some point right or wrong? And you go to the church's teaching and you're like, whoa, I never knew that. 
And then the church takes you to the scripture verse. And I love the scripture verse in the, in the annunciation to Mary. And she says her, yes, she conceives Jesus at that very moment. And if you read the scripture verses, when you look at when does life begin, she then with haste takes Christ within her to her cousin Elizabeth, who they tell you is six months pregnant when they arrive. She's six months pregnant, so it's just a matter of hours. And with the Holy Spirit present in Elizabeth, she recognizes that Mary, only hours, you know what I mean, or whatever the travel time was in that 20-mile little radius that they lived in, hours passed from the time of Mary's conception till she was with Elizabeth, who proclaims that you're the mother of my Lord, that the Lord Jesus Christ is in her womb. And... John the Baptist, who's in the womb of Elizabeth at six months old, leaps at the sound of Mary's voice, knowing that she's the chosen one of God who will bear the Christ child, the Messiah. So there's no question. Life begins at conception. God then forms, Scripture tells us, that baby in the womb of the mother. That baby has the spark, the seed of God in their hearts. And they're another opportunity to bring Christ into this world, and the enemy knows it. And what does he do? If you read uh, Revelations chapter 12, it tells you he prowls about, ready to devour these children. Well, you know what? In this day and age in the United States, we've given the enemy access, access to that which God created for safety in the woman's body, to her uterus, to her, her body, for this baby to live in, and allowed this atrocity of abortion to occur. Now, we don't condemn those who have allowed it. They need our prayers. They have been deceived by the enemy. They need our love, not our judgmental, you know, self, whatever. They need our love because you know what? The enemy can blind. The enemy can confuse. The enemy can cause you to make an erratical decision in a time of great distress. So they need our love and our compassion and our mercy. So for me, I'm so grateful for Holy Mother Church, I want to listen and I want to learn every day. Because the day you think you got it and you know it all, you're lost. You're blind. And we talk about murmuring. Sometimes the, the, the loudest murmuring is my own, right? That when things don't seem to be going well or, you know, I don't know if you guys ever experienced that where you're just kind of like oh, yeah. beating yourself up a little bit. So I think our Lord is, uh, is telling us, stop murmuring to yourself or about yourself. You know, I love you. Know that. Be confident in that. Well, you know what? You know who jumps in on the murmuring? Oh, the enemy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he jumps right in. Yeah, that's it. That's what they <laughs> yeah. said. That's what they meant. That's what they wanted to do. Yep, yep, yep. And you're de- and, and, and my wife did it the best. She said, David, why are you replaying the record of what that person said? You're mm. picking the knife up, and you continually stab yourself with it. Would you put the knife down? Would you give it to the Lord Jesus Christ? He can take it. You can't forgive that person and move on. And I'm like, I never thought of that. God bless each and every one of you. Put the knives down. Forgive those who have wounded you. Be those lights in the world. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, 
please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.